Welcome to another exciting episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, we look back at the press conference for Patrick Mahomes' contract extension featuring Brett Veach, Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes himself. Also, in the Chiefs Wire roundtable, we break down the top contract deals in Kansas City Chiefs history. But first, as always, we start things off with Chiefs Wire managing editor, Charles Goldman. Okay, Charles, what was your initial reaction after Patrick Mahomes' contract extension announcement? Do you believe the Chiefs hurt their future free agency flexibility moving forward? As a lifelong Chiefs fan myself, there was almost a feeling of catharsis to see this deal get done. I've lived through all of the quarterback purgatory that the Chiefs have dealt with over the years, and it freaking sucks. But now we've got Patrick Mahomes... And I get to see perhaps one of the greatest to ever play the game do it for my team for the next 12 seasons. I, I, I mean, in short, it's an amazing feeling. Then you add in how Mahomes approached this entire contract extension. He came out and said during his press conference that he wanted two things, two things with his extension. To keep great players around him and reward them for their success. And he wanted to, of course, get the big benchmark contract with the security and all of that. But he approached the thing with an open mind and it worked. It worked for him and it worked for the team. And they came to an agreement specifically so that his contract didn't handicap the team for years and years to come down the line. Because we've seen it before. The quarterback signs the big extension and then they're not able to have that flexibility to go out and sign the players and keep the good players around him. That's going to be different in Kansas City because they succeeded um, in, in limiting the signing bonus money attached to his contract. So now all they need to do is convert some of that base salary to signing bonus and they'll be able to create cap space fairly easily down the line. You prorate the cap hit throughout the life of the contract. And when you have a 12-year deal, that's not that's not a terrible thing. You can spread it out over many of those years. Bottom line, Mahomes and the Chiefs, they're building the next dynasty, and it is happening in Kansas City. And every single Chiefs fan out there should be excited to see that and see how it unfolds over the next decade plus. Does this deal officially close the books on Chris Jones' tenure in Kansas City? I don't think this really closes any sort of book or chapter on Chris Jones. I think there's very much still a possibility that that he could sign a long-term extension with the team. Obviously, the Chiefs have a lot of ground to close prior to the July 15th deadline to extend franchise tag players. That's coming up really quick. And they're going to have to get a lot of work done in a short amount of time. There's a chance, though. There's a chance that Chris Jones and the Katz brothers agree to a short-term deal that's somewhat backloaded. I'm thinking something like a three- or four-year deal somewhere in the 60 to $80 million range. They might be wise to do that as well, and I'll tell you why. His contract, Chris Jones's contract, would be up right around when the NFL's new TV deals arrive. And he could potentially turn around, sign another deal before he's over 30 years old. And the deal would be a lot more lucrative than the one that, that he's signing right now 
or one that he would get right now on the open market because those TV deals, they have a big impact on, on the salary cap. And I mean, we could see like some of these normal contracts that, that players at certain positions at the top of their position groups are getting. We could see the amount of money they're getting increase by about anywhere from five to 10 million a year, or maybe even more, depending on how much money is attached to these new TV deals. So at the end of the day, it's all really about what what the Chiefs can sell Jones and his camp on. I feel like there's already a little bit of bad air out there, and, and that was kind of aired out um, on social media with Chris Jones recently. Hopefully, it's nothing that can't be rectified in the next several days. I think with them finishing up with Patrick Mahomes and everything, they can be like, this was what we were trying to do. We were on track. We wanted to get... Mahomes taking care of everyone, including Jones, believes that Mahomes is deserving of that money. So that's something he can he can come to an agreement on and some understanding on. But as I said, hopefully they can they can kind of come together and uh, put put aside whatever um, problems they had, you know, over the last couple of days, last couple of weeks, last couple of months, maybe even the last couple of years and come to an agreement on some sort of an extension that works out for both sides. Would you consider Patrick Mahomes the most influential athlete in the world right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's not only just transforming the game of football on the field, but he's breaking records. He's setting benchmarks for the NFL and really just sports history in terms of contracts. And he's enacting meaningful social change out there through his platform on social media. Um, It's really, really an impressive feat. Not to mention um, his foundation and the work that they're doing in the Kansas City community and beyond. And now with this new contract, that's really going to just be uh, expansive and and hopefully something that, you know, he can impact not just the Kansas City community, but the greater world around him. He's a role model, not just for for other athletes, but for our youth, for people growing up. I mean, just looking at um, the way he handles himself and the respectability, um, it, it's really something something to see, really a sight to behold. And I mean, if he dropped everything tomorrow and ran for president, he could probably win it, right? I, I feel like he could win it. He, he's just an incredible young man in all facets of life and they they don't make uh, they don't make many people like him it seems anymore and uh, the Chiefs and our fans have to feel so lucky to have him I know I do and um, I I think it's easy uh, to to say he's the most influential athlete in the world right now and he will be for for some time until we see someone kind of rise up and and push him for for that title. And Charles, as always, are there any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you would like to highlight from the past week? Chiefs Wire should be named Contract Wire for this week, right? Uh, We covered Patrick Mahomes' contract extensively and have a number of different stories from a number of different angles on that extension. Um, So be sure to check all of those out. Ed covered the launch of uh, Chiefs kicker Harrison Butker's new clothing line, which has a really cool logo, by the way. Um, a little preview of what's to come soon here in the future. I'll be speaking with the blindside protector for the Chiefs offensive line, 2013's number one overall draft pick, Eric Fisher. 
So, so take a look uh, out for that in the coming days. We'll obviously have some uh, audio for you in next week's podcast. Also, a few weeks back, I teased a uh, USA Today wire network project uh, that hasn't been released yet, but it's still on the way, I promise you, and hopefully it'll be released for you guys to enjoy soon. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Chiefs! For more information on this story and others, head over to ChiefsWire.com, and we'll give you all the details you need on the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up next, the Chiefs Wire Podcast Roundtable. Chiefs Wire Podcast, we are back once again. It is the Chiefs Wire Roundtable. I'm Ed Easton, alongside Talon Graff, Mitch Carney. Guys, how's it going? It is going well. How are you guys doing? Doing good. All right. Now, today's a pretty special show because we're allowing everybody that's listening to be interactive with what's going on and give their feedback on our different, you know, like top 10 rankings and discussions that we have here in the roundtable. And for the last two weeks, you know, Talon and Mitch, you guys have been going pretty much at it when it comes to like the your your list for top offensive plays and top defensive plays. You split it. You guys were one one, so I, I can't really count that. I'm gonna how about this? Since we're doing it now officially, where it can be voted online, I'm gonna count that as the preseason. So you had two preseason games those last two weeks. I like it. I like the, I like the thinking. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, so now it counts. Now we're putting it in the standings, okay? So this is the regular season right now. We got everyone interested in it, okay? So in honor of Patrick Mahomes signing the biggest contract in professional sports history and everything surrounding it, I just looked at the Chiefs history and I said, hey, how about we do a top 10 ranking of the best Chiefs contract deals of all time? And I said Chiefs contract deals instead of free agency because – I want to talk about extensions. I want to talk about, you know, sign and trade deals. We didn't want to just limit it to just a free agent deal because, as you know, Mahomes is a is, a, is an extension of an extra 10 years to the two that he had left on his deal. So that was the thinking going into it. And I had gave Mitch and Talon some uh, names to, uh, to pretty much try to rank on their own and try to pick 10 out of. So, Talon, you actually hit me up and said that you wanted – you had some suggestions that weren't on the list. Correct. Yes, just just a couple of them. Okay. All right. So that's 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 Talon's nice way of saying I don't like your list, and I respect. It. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mitch, you feel free to throw in some as well if you you know you feel like this isn't enough names. But I just came up with like fifteen to sixteen names that could possibly you know make this list. But I'm gonna let you guys take it away. And um, did a I did a little bit of a coin flip, and I didn't let you guys know about it. So Talon, you're going first. <laughs> All right, sounds good. What is your number 10? And then once again, this is the best Chiefs contract deals all time. Talon, what do you have at number 10? At uh, number 10, I'm actually going to go with one that was not on your list, but I went Brian Waters in 2000. Uh, technically an undrafted free agent, signed with the Cowboys in 99, never did make their regular season roster. And then, as they say, the rest is history when the Chiefs scooped him up. Uh, Brian Waters, obviously now in the Hall of Fame, one of the most – well-known Kansas City Chiefs of all time, played his entire career with the Chiefs outside that brief stint with the Cowboys, but every single you know snap and every single 
uh, played. He was on the field, was in a Chiefs uniform. And, uh, man, he was a part of so many great offensive lines. And he always, you know, along with uh, Willie Rofe and Will Shields, Casey Wigman, those kind of guys, they, they uh, opened holes for a lot of good running backs, Priest Holmes and uh, even, you know, guys like uh, um, Derek Blaylock had some big games <laughs> behind that offensive line. So Brian Waters, to me, man, that was a great signing, underrated signing um, at the, for the time. And then who would have known that an undrafted free agent out of North Texas would have gone on to be, you know, one of the staples of one of the greatest offensive lines in NFL history. So for me, Brian Waters signing with the Chiefs in 2000, that has to be on the list somewhere. So for me, it's number 10. Okay. Well, that's a good start. He goes right into his own pool and I got to respect it. So uh, what you got at number nine? (laughs) So number nine, I want Alex Smith in 2014. Uh, we traded for him in 2013. He had that one year left on his contract, and then we extended him. And obviously, the Alex Smith never did get the Chiefs over that proverbial hump and never got us to the Super Bowl. But what he did was just kind of insurmountable, and he turned the, the fate around for the Chiefs, and he gave Patrick Mahomes that that one-year understudy and that, that we may never really realize what Alex Smith did for Patrick Mahomes in that year. And um, without Alex Smith and without – you know, Andy Reid bringing in Smith and and really showing the Chiefs that all we need is is just a couple more moves and, and we can be contenders. And and Alex Smith really turned around the fate of the franchise, if you will. And then you know we go out and get Patrick Mahomes and just having Alex Smith be that bridge between that those terrible years in the in, in the two thousands. And then uh, here comes Patrick Mahomes, and then we ship off Alex Smith, and it just and then we go on obviously when the Super Bowl and all that, we have an MVP. The, the future is very, very bright. None of that happens without Alex Smith being a chief. Um, and then, so for my number eight, I went with Marcus Allen in 1993, way back. And obviously I think the big move back in, back then was trading for another 49er quarterback in Joe Montana. Bringing in Joe Montana was obviously the big news, but I think what made the Chiefs truly contenders was was signing Marcus Allen away from the, from the Raiders at the time. Marcus Allen was obviously one of the best known football players uh, at that time, and to be in the same backfield as Joe Montana in Kansas City, it just kind of re-energized that that entire fan base. Uh, obviously, the '80s for the Chiefs was nothing to write home about, and until you know we, we brought in Derek Thomas and we had that defense going, and we kind of had something working with Marty Schottenheimer, and all of a sudden now we got Joe Montana and Marcus Allen, two of the biggest legends the NFL has ever seen in the same backfield. Um, Marcus Allen was really kind of, in my eyes, what brought that whole thing together and really put the Chiefs over the hump. It's like, all right, this team is kind of for real. Like Joe Montana, yeah, what does he have left? okay, well, now he's got Marcus Allen. Like, how good can this team be? And obviously, you know, we ended up losing to, to the Buffalo Bills in the AFC Championship that year. But Marcus Allen, man, big, big get for the Chiefs back in the day. And he ended up – I think he's still top ten all time in rushing yards and stuff like that. So, he obviously – short short amount of time with the Chiefs. He's obviously more known for the Raiders, Super Bowl champion, uh, Super Bowl MVP, stuff like that. But, yeah, his time with the Chiefs will always be fondly remembered uh, in the Chiefs kingdom. And then number seven – I went with Mitchell, Mitchell Schwartz in 2016. Uh, we, you know, he he came over from the uh, the Browns, who he had spent five years with, I believe, and then um, he came over and and joined us, and he he solidified that right tackle spot. You know, we had uh, kind of a revolving door until he got there. I think every year for like three or four years in a row, we had a different starting right tackle, and all of a sudden Mitchell Schwartz steps in, the Iron Man of the Chiefs' offensive line. All of a sudden. 
And, uh, and I think that signing really just, you know, it, it took away the, man, what are we going to do here? You know, moving guys around and all of a sudden we have two staple tackles, uh, uh, Eric Fisher on the left side, Mitchell, Mitchell Schwartz on the right side. And then we interior offensive line, we, you know, we still had to plug and play a little bit, a little bit of guys here and there, but Schwartz to me really solidified the offensive line play. He's been um, really one of the most underrated players in NFL history. He's deserves so many more accolades than what he's received. He's been a second team all pro a few times, only one first team all pro. Um, I, he deserves much more. And I think in my opinion, he's, he's on his way to the hall of fame, especially now with that Super Bowl ring and, and, you know, hopefully, you know, at least one or two more for Schwartz before he calls it a career. And then uh, for my number six, I went Curly Culp way, way, way before my time. So I can't really speak too much to Curly Culp, although I do know he's in the Hall of Fame. He was a part of those great defenses of the 60s in that, you know, pre, really early Super Bowl era. So Curly Culp to me is obviously, he has to be on the list. Even though I don't know a lot about it, I wasn't around. All I can do is kind of research it and, and, and tell you secondhand. But, um, yeah, so for me, that, that first five is, is, uh, is Waters, Smith, Allen, Schwartz, and then Curly Culp. Okay, so I, I like it. I like the story of five. And, you know, I actually had to just to look at what you brought up, uh, Marcus Allen. Now, you're obviously – you've been a Chiefs fan forever. And Marcus Allen being a Raider for so long, how did it feel just adjusting to him, you know, cheering for him for once? How did that feel? I mean, I, I was so young at the time, but I – so I didn't really – I don't really remember him as a Raider. Um, but I think – you know, watching my, my, my older brothers and my dad who, who have been Chiefs fans throughout that time period. And I think it was more of a, you know, we, they hated watching him as Raider, but God, they loved watching him as a chief. So it was almost like a double, double, like thumbs up because not only did we get a great free agent and he's going to make our team that much better. We, we kind of stole him from, from our most bitter rival in, 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 uh, in the Raiders. So I think it was kind of a, uh, I don't really want to call it bittersweet. I think it was just kind of like, Yes, I love seeing Marcus Allen. It's even better. It's just gravy that, that he came from the Raiders. So I think even though he played for the Raiders, I think that was quickly forgotten uh, when, he, when he saw that number 32 in the red and white. No, I, I definitely agree with you on that one. And, and I got it was a big smile on my face when I saw Curly, when you had Curly Culp so high because I was thinking, I'm like, you know, this is digging deep here. Back in the day, will Curly Culp actually make this list? So you had him right in the middle. So I, I definitely appreciate that. That's a, that's a good look. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You got to respect the legends. Definitely. Now we're going to get into your top five and let's see who we have. Sure. So my number five, one of my favorite Chiefs of all time. He's probably for the longest time until Patrick Mahomes showed up. He was my favorite. Uh, but Priest Holmes back in 2001 when he was signed away from Baltimore. Uh, you know, he had kind of a tumultuous career with Baltimore. He was always kind of the understudy, even at Texas. Uh, Ricky Williams was the guy at Texas. Priest Holmes, even though he had so many big plays, um, in a Longhorn uniform, it was always the Ricky Williams show. And then you got to Baltimore, and even though he had – I think he had a 1,000-yard season there, they went out and brought in Jamal Lewis, and all of a sudden, Priest Holmes is back to number two on the depth chart. Uh, he always showed flashes. He's always kind of, you know, there and, and making plays, and all of a sudden he shows up in a Chiefs uniform and, and put together with that offensive line that I kind of mentioned earlier with Brian Waters and all those guys. He really just exploded on the scene and probably the greatest three-year stretch in NFL history for a running back. He was ultra – productive uh broke the single season touchdown record with 27 that was unfortunately broken very quickly by Sean Alexander I think even the next year and then and then eventually by LT but uh yeah Priest Holmes man he was so fun to watch in Chiefs uniform that offensive line and him that pairing was 
it, it couldn't be beat. He was he was amazing. He made Trent Green better. He made Tony Gonzalez better. He made Eddie Kennison, Johnny Morton. That offense without Priest Holmes just doesn't go. I think Priest Holmes was the oil, and, and, and the offensive line was the engine, and everybody else was just the pistons popping and, and making everything else work. Um, so number four, I, I had to go Emmett Thomas, uh, another way back, um, back in 1966. Um, a great defensive back for the Chiefs during the Super Bowl era. The, the, the early Super Bowl era, Super Bowl one, Super Bowl four, things like that he played. And then obviously he came back and, and coached for the Chiefs for a while. So I think just for Chiefs King to mimic Thomas, not just as a player, but as a coach, and just how much he has given to the organization, uh, that has to be an early, uh, a high ranking on this list. And, and then number three, I went Travis Kelsey in 2016. Uh, Travis Kelsey, you know, I don't know when he got drafted. I don't know if really there's that many pundits out there that would have foreseen Travis Kelsey being the best tight end in the game today. You know, so there's some people that say it's uh, George Kittle You know, other people that said, you know, during the time it was either Rob or, or Kelsey now it's Kelsey or Kittle. So I think Kelsey really since 2016 signing that, that contract extension stepped up his game. He really bought into the system, bought into what Andy Reid was trying to do. And then when Patrick Mahomes showed up, uh, his game was even elevated even more. So I think Travis Kelsey belongs on this list and, and really I mean, he's a big reason why the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions in 2019. And then uh, number two, I went Tyron Matthew. Almost, uh, um, you know, without him, the defense doesn't do what they do in 2019. The Chiefs, the identity of the defense, you know, a lot of people kind of thought Frank Clark may have done that, may have really been been the driving force, but ended up being Tyron Matthew. Uh, and I mentioned in a, in a couple of shows ago that he was probably one of the greatest free agent signings in Chiefs history. Well, here he is. I have him at number two. And I, you, you, we can't speak to enough to what Tyron Matthew did for that defense and, and did for the Chiefs. And obviously with the Super Bowl victory, he belongs on this list. And number one, <clears throat> the, the, the OG, man, Lynn Dawson, we, we signed, the Chiefs signed him away from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I, I'm not sure if a lot of people really realize that Lynn Dawson is a free agent signing. He, he didn't play his entire career with the Chiefs. Uh, and if, if I do remember right, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but I think we, the Chiefs added him while they were still the Dallas Texans. Um, and then obviously he, he was with the team while they moved and made the move to Kansas City. But yeah, Lynn Dawson, two Super Bowls uh, appearances, and obviously he was the leading force on the offense when when they won Super Bowl four, throwing to Otis Taylor, um, you know, and then, the, you know, you got the, the, the mic'd up uh, head coach, uh, Hank Stram, you know, winner and, you know, all that. This is, he's just – he's so ingrained in Chiefs folklore that without Lynn Dawson and without signing him, the Chiefs, they they may not go to Super Bowl one. They they may not win Super Bowl four. And, and obviously the argument's pretty strong that they probably don't. So, Leonard Dawson, man, he, he's number one in, in my book. All right, that's a very good list. I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at it and I'm saying this is, this is basically how I kind of visioned some of them. Obviously, I didn't have Brian Waters on my list. But um, that's that's okay, and um, I do want to just point out the whole Travis Kelsey situation. It, it seemed like he was doing well at the beginning of his career with the Chiefs, but when he signed that contract, he just took off like a rocket. Exactly like you said, you know his numbers across the board, um, a consistent one thousand yard receiver. So it's it definitely makes sense to have him in your top five. And this is once again the all time list of great contract deals from the Kansas City Chiefs. Talon, your your list is locked in. You're you're good. You're not changing any nothing. You need to change. No, sir. Lock me in. Okay, you're locked in. So I have you listed now. Mitch, you're up. Let's start off with uh, number ten. 
All right. I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me this one, but my reasoning why I'm putting him at number 10 is because I was only about four or five years old whenever he was playing in the NFL, but I'm going to put Priest Holmes at number 10. Um, unfortunately, I never really got to watch him play. I, all I've heard was stories and I've seen the highlights, but I guess I never really saw that wow factor that so many, that so many people saw with him. So I got number 10 at Feast Holmes just because he did have those seasons where he had like 2,000 yards, like rushing and receiving uh, those three years in a row. I mean, he was just a really good player. Unfortunately, I didn't actually get to watch him play. So I have him at number 10. At number nine, um, I put Frank Clark. Um, that might be a little high for some people, but um, like some people probably won't even put him on this list yet. But I just think what he did in the playoffs this season – was so important like he was able he had like big sacks in almost every playoff game he was such a big factor I don't know if he would have got the job done without him I know he had kind of a a rough regular season but um I'm really excited for what he can do in the future and hopefully in the next couple seasons he can maybe jump up a few spots at number eight and at number seven I would put these two together just because uh Chiefs history wouldn't be what it is without them I put Lynn Dawson and Emmett Thomas I got Emmett Thomas at number eight and then Lynn Dawson at number seven. You can't tell Chiefs history, you know, without them, you know, they're Chiefs legends. Um, again, like I never really got to see them play. I know they're good players. Emmett Thomas was a like, coach for us for a long time, and Lynn Dawson is a legend. But I have them at number eight and number seven. At number six, I have Alex Smith. I think people forget how good Alex Smith was. I mean, he was never going to be Patrick Mahomes. That's not why we brought him here. We just needed a consistent quarterback, and the Chiefs didn't have a consistent quarterback for a very long time before Alex Smith came in. So I think him coming in along with Andy Reid really turned his franchise around. And, you know, I think people need to give credit for Alex – give more credit to Alex Smith for what he did for the Chiefs, especially mentoring Patrick Mahomes for that first season. Okay, Mitch, that's your uh, first five now. I got I to gotta just start off right away. Priest Holmes. You have him at number 10, and I, you were right away. You came in and said a lot of people are not going to agree with this. I have to ask, you know, did you watch any highlights of Priest Holmes at all? Or like, Yes, I, I did watch the highlights. I know he's really good. He's all that. But like, <laughs> okay. From, uh, there's a difference from seeing things live and then watching highlights. So if, as I get closer to the bottom of my list here, you'll see a lot of like players are playing today because mm -hmm. they made it impact on me right away so like okay. he's he's never gonna have a really big impact on you know why i became a Chiefs fan because i never really got to see him play that's why i have alex smith at number six because i saw him play and i saw the impact he had with the chiefs okay that's fair that's fair when i heard that i was like okay priest holmes number 10 that's, yeah, that's interesting but like i always thought jamal charles was a better running back than priest holmes and i have people giving wow. me some time okay like i said i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna judge your opinion I'm gonna let the I'm gonna let the the you know the listener the listeners are gonna judge it okay, but uh, Priest Holmes you know he definitely had some huge years as you said um, earlier Talon he uh, had the record for touchdowns before Sean Alexander took it, so um, he definitely had some big years in the in a Chiefs uniform but number ten is fine yeah. at least he's on the list so, that's it, what matters. It's just my personal <laughs> list. I got, he's just a legend for me. Like I don't I never really got to see much on him. So at number five, I have Mitchell Schwartz. Um, you know, like kind of like Talon said, he's just such a good player. He's super consistent. Um, you know, he rarely misses a play. I don't think he even missed uh, a single snap before this season when he got hurt. Um, you know, he's just such a big part, a, a big part of our offensive line. 
And then at number four, I have Joe Montana. Um, I never got to see Joe Montana play, unfortunately, but I just know him coming to Kansas City was such a big deal. I just remember the magazine, you know, saying, I'm coming to KC, and he's got the rings on, and, you know, it's just such a big big moment in Kansas City history with just him coming. And I think the Chiefs probably would have won that Super Bowl if, uh, if he didn't get hurt in the playoffs. And then at number three, I have Tyree Kill. Um, he just signed a contract extension this off this last season, so I wanted to include him because I think he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Um, we have him at a really good deal, and he, he's not even one of the top paid wide receivers. Well, he's in the top five, but I think he should be he should be getting paid as the top wide receiver in the NFL because I think he is the best wide receiver in the NFL. There's just so much he does for us in the offense, and so much that he can do. I'm really excited for him, what he becomes in the future. I think he has the potential to be a future Hall of Famer. At number two, I have Travis Kelsey. He is a Hall of Famer. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best tight ends to ever play, if not the best tight end to ever play the game. Um, I'm really excited for what he has in the future for these you know, last couple seasons that he has. I don't know how much longer he's got, but we don't win the Super Bowl if it's not without him. And, you know, he helped make – Patrick Mahomes, and it was such a big part of Alex Smith's success in Kansas City. And then for my number one, I have Tyron Matthew. Um, I got him at number one just because of the such a he's made such a quick impact in Kansas City already. He's already you know a fan favorite. He hasn't even played two seasons with the Chiefs. Um, you know everybody I talk to just loves Tyron Matthew, and then you know without him we don't win the Super Bowl. We our defense doesn't turn around as quick as they did. Um, you know, ever since we lost Eric Bear, we were always lose, missing that playmaker in the, in the secondary, and he like, came in and, uh, you know, filled that role very fast. Okay, Mitch, I, I like the way you finished with the list. And, and you know, it's funny because, um, Talon, you actually – you decided to leave um, Joe Montana off the list completely. And, um, Mitch, you definitely – I heard your reason. Talon, I wanna, I'm just curious to know, what was your reason to leave Joe Montana off the list? So, for me, I guess the, the – I saw Marcus Allen more of a of a playmaker in that offense. Marcus Allen was more of a splash. Joe Montana was, even though Marcus Allen was on the back nine, Joe Montana was really on the back nine. His everybody knew Joe's prime was behind him, uh, and and the primary success of that early '90s team was was Marty Ball in the in the in the play of the defense. You know, you had uh, uh, Neil Smith, Derek Thomas, you had Jaron Cherry, James. You know, those kind of guys was it was definitely built as a defensive team and Joe Montana, even though he was such a big, big get, if you will, um, just for me, he never really exceeded expectations. He, he just kind of did whatever I thought he would do that. He made the chiefs a contender. And if I had to, you know, put him, he'd probably be number 11 or 10 a for me. Okay. Okay. That's, that's fair. That's definitely fair. Um, now there's two players that I had given in the pool that you could choose from. I was a little surprised didn't make either list. And I'm going to start with um, uh, actually a very popular wide receiver. Wasn't there that long, but Andre Risen. Um, I'm curious, Mitch, what made you leave Andre Risen off the list? Uh, if I'm being honest, it's just kind of, kind of the same reason why I have Chris Holmes so low. Like, I know he's a great player. I just never really watched much of his game. You know, his name doesn't have a big impact to me personally. So I, I had him off my list. Okay, and Talon? Yeah, so for me, Andre Risen, I, again, kind of toward the back nine. He'd been a journeyman. I think he played for at least five NFL teams. I, I, I think it was even more than that. He only had one 1,000-yard year for the Chiefs. Uh, 
I, and then after that, he he really fell off. He didn't really do much. He didn't have that big of an impact. He didn't, even though he was a big name at the time, I just don't think he really lived up to what everybody hoped Andre Risen would have been. Even though he did have a, you know, back in the 90s, it wasn't like you see see them slinging the rock today. So a 1,000-yard uh, receiving year back in the, you know, mid to late 90s is impressive. I did, I, eh, it's, it's just kind of a, you know, kind of a footnote. I think he, he just didn't really, you know, one good year, uh, it's not enough for me. Okay, that's fair. That's right. I mean, I just remember how popular he was around that time, too. So I get it, guys. I, I definitely understand uh, both reasoning for that. And the other person I was a little uh, shocked didn't make either list was Justin Houston, such a popular uh, Chiefs player. What, what was the thinking in leaving Justin Houston off? And I remember at the time he signed the biggest contract for a linebacker at the time. I think this was 2015. So um, I'm going to start with you, Mitch. What, what happened with Justin Houston? He was definitely during your era watching. So pre-signing, I think he's one of the best Chiefs to ever play pre-signing. Just after he signed his contract, he just had those injury problems, you know, was never really quite healthy, had some issues, you know, especially near the end of his time with Kansas City, just, you know, just in the locker room, being healthy, just staying on the field. So, like, and then we had to owe him so much money. Um, it was just, you know, a problem seeing that. You know, he's a great player, was a great player, you know, before – before he got signed, kind of like the situation with Eric Berry. But, uh, you know, he'll always be a Chief to me. But I think just, you know, free agency-wise, these other players made more of a bigger impact after their big signing. Yeah, I got, I got to agree with Mitch on that one. Even though Justin Hughes was, was a big part of those Chiefs defenses, you know, you look at that defense. They had Eric Berry. He had Tom Bali on the other side. They had Don Terry Poe for a little bit. They had so many of these – these other pieces that all of a sudden we signed Justin Houston to a big contract and, you know, Tom Bali kind of starts to fall off and, and Don Terry Poe goes to Atlanta and all of a sudden Justin Houston is, is being double teamed. He's not as effective. He's not as productive. And, and as Mitch pointed out, he kind of started to suffer injuries. So I just don't think that that contract and, and his production, they just don't link up. And, and for me, I, I, just, I think that was actually, if, if, if I want to be bold, that may have been one of the worst signings I think the Chiefs have ever really, really had. Okay. I, like I said, I, I definitely agree with that as well. It's just that I didn't know. I know you guys are big Kansas City Chiefs fans. How can you, like, you know, Justin Houston was so important for those years, but it definitely makes perfect sense for the injury issues and the money that was uh, kind of owed him after the fact. So it, it makes perfect sense. But we're still trying to figure out if this makes perfect sense. And before we let you guys go, I want to just get your opinions on hearing the Patrick Mahomes news and, and just your immediate reaction uh, Talon, I'm gonna start with you on this. What was your immediate reaction when you heard the Mahomes deal? We got we he, we got him. <laughs> he's 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 a chief. You know, ten years. I know uh, the history behind ten year deals or you know big deals like this usually start to fall flat. Or and it, but there's not a lot. You know, and this guy is 24, 25, 26 years old, and he's the youngest. You know, to, to throw 50 touchdowns. He's an NFL MVP. He's a Super Bowl MVP. The guy's earned it. And and the fact that the, we're gonna they're keeping him as a chief and they see the value and, and they're giving this guy what he, and, and this, even though it's, you know, this ultra, you know, I think it's like 500 some million dollar deal. And, and this, this record breaking, never been a contract this size, you know, it surpassed Mike Trout as the largest North American contract ever. 
I just think the future is so bright with this guy and he's so bought into the system. He's, 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 he's a charitable guy. He, he loves the city and, you know, he's bringing a water bird to Kansas city. That's a big deal. I, I just think he's everything about this contract is warranted. I don't think anybody can say, you know, he doesn't deserve this. You know, look what he's done for the franchise. He's, he's given the chiefs a Super Bowl that so many great teams failed to do and so many great players failed to bring to, to the organization. And now that we have him locked in for at least 10 years, you know, you can't tell me if, if in three, four years, this, this, you know, something happens, he gets hurt or something, you know, maybe it's like, Oh, we made a mistake. Come on. You know, it's Patrick Mahomes. This guy is, you could just see it. He's got that indefinable quality. That's like, this guy is different. There's nobody can really pinpoint what it is. He just has it. And the fact that he's going to be a chief for, for the foreseeable future, I am thrilled to death. Yeah, I agree with everything that Talon says. Uh, you know, the one thing I I want to add is that he's not, you know, whenever we give, you know, these players, these big contracts, usually they're like, okay, you know, how are they going to keep it up? Are they going to keep up the work ethic? Are they going to keep working hard to try to be the best they can be? With Patrick Mahomes, I'm confident in saying that he will be able to do that and he is going to do that. He wants to be the best to ever play. You know, he's trying to catch up to Tom Brady and get those six rings. He's got five more to go. He's got 10 years to do with Kansas City and probably more, you know, if he signs to another contract. You know, uh, I'm really excited for his future in Kansas City. There's not – we could have paid him more and I would have been okay with it, to be honest, because I know he's going to do whatever he can to make Kansas City – to make the Chiefs Super Bowl champions as many times as he can. Listen, I obviously agree with both of you guys. Um, it's funny. It only, it only takes half a billion dollars to <laughs> to, get, to keep a guy somewhere. I, I'm telling you, when I heard the number, I, I I just had to stop for a second, and and then I had to remember how this guy is so great. So um, he's definitely worth every penny, and we'll see what happens. Um, I think the whole world is now going to be watching every little move he makes and reminds him of how much money he just signed for. So that's something to also keep in the back of your mind when you got a player like Mahomes. But I think you can handle it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to, to just seeing him focus in. This is now – it's no longer an issue. The, the money, you know, c- kind of what Travis Kelsey went through when he signed his deal. The money is no longer an issue. The contract's not an issue. We we know that the details. That's Now they can just focus on football. Patrick Mahomes can just focus on being the best he could possibly be. And, and I think that the, the sky is absolutely the limit for this guy. All right. Well, we'll definitely see what happens. And we're also going to see the results of this uh, top 10 from both Mitch and Talon. Just a reminder, everybody, go to ChiefsWire.com and send your vote. Um, There's a little poll that's on this page. If you're actually listening on the podcast page, just make sure you vote either Talon or Mitch. Both of their lists are going to be lined up next to each other. And then by this time next week, if I'm I'm saying this right, because you could be listening to this on a Thursday, Friday, whenever the next episode comes out, how about that? you'll know uh, we'll be able to let Talon or Mitch know who won, and uh, we'll go from there. So, guys, uh, best of luck. See what happens with the fans. Yeah, thanks, guys. Looking forward to it. Well, I'd like to start off by welcoming everyone uh, to this Zoom today. It's certainly a historic day for the Kansas City Chiefs organization, uh, our great fan base, the Chiefs Kingdom, and, and really the entire NFL. 
if there was ever a player that was truly deserving of the largest contract in U.S. sports history, it's it's definitely Pat Mahomes. Uh, Pat exemplifies excellence both on and off the field. Yesterday, when I was with Pat and his family and his agents, Chris and Lee, you know, we just talked about how amazing you know this relationship has been, and really how we've come full circle in, in three short years. Um, you know, it started back in, in 2017. This organization, Clark Hunt, uh, Mark, Andy, we had a belief and a vision that Pat was going to be the next superstar of this league and and really do things the league hasn't seen before. And after a 2018 season that saw Pat throw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdown passes while being named league MVP, following that up with a 19 season that uh, saw him bring help us bring the first Lamar Hunt trophy to Kansas City, our first Super Bowl win in, in 50 years and capping that off by being an Bowl MVP. Here we sat at the negotiating table and now it was Pat and his family putting that same trust and same belief in our organization. And a deal of this length doesn't get done unless Pat truly believes in the vision of the Hunt family, uh, the trust he has for, for Coach Reed and his outstanding coaching staff uh, and, our, and our personnel staff. Uh, I think when you take a step back and look at this contract, though, I think the most exciting thing of this contract, and I believe Pat would agree with me, is is that this contract shows um, just uh, a total commitment and love for Kansas City. Uh, Pat wants to win. He wants to uh, start a dynasty, and he wants to do all those things here in Kansas City, and that's extremely exciting for us and our fan base. So before I turn it over to Coach Reed real quick, I do want to give special thanks to his agents, uh, Chris Cabot, Lee Steinberg for their really their open mindedness. And, and, you know, certainly we're all in this together. Um, they wanted protections for Pat, but they also wanted to make sure that Pat was surrounded by talent. And it's very important. I mean, Pat, again, is a, is a long term thinker and, and, and Pat understands the long game here. And then on, on our end, uh, my staff, uh, Brant Tillis and Chris Shea, just for their creative thinking, uh, certainly there's a lot of obstacles and hurdles. Uh, to um, to overcome uh, on dealing dealing on doing a deal of this magnitude and those those two are outstanding and um, again the effort they put in uh, just want to thank them uh, so much uh, for everything. All right, thanks, Brent. Um, I'm so happy for for Pat for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, organization um, and and really for the city of Kansas City for having this opportunity to have. Uh, a, a true franchise quarterback here in Kansas City, one that was drafted here, uh, which hasn't happened uh, for almost the duration of the uh, of the Chiefs organization. So, um, uh, and then I, I think Brett did a phenomenal job of organizing this. Um, and uh, Brett, I've mentioned before, had been instrumental in helping bring Pat to the to the Chiefs. He, I joke that he wore Dorsey and I out, but uh, bringing the bringing Pat here made us watch all the clips of him and, and said he was the best player he'd ever seen and and uh, and so that's kind of come to fruition for all of us to witness uh, like Brett had uh, but Brett's got a, a great crew with him all of his all of his scouts and guys that work with him but in this instance in particular Chris Shea and and Brent Tillis who really I think Brent did a phenomenal job of of organizing the numbers for this and and the plan along with Brett uh, of setting this up. And none of this happens without, without Clark Hunt, obviously. Uh, that, that's a, that's a bold move. I mean, we, we've, we've uh, 
gone above and, and beyond and found something that is phenomenal for Pat and, and his family and, and also for the Kansas City Chiefs. And Pat was so, so um, aware of, of the surroundings like he is on everything, uh, making sure that uh, not only was his deal done, but, but also uh, almost to a T was that, that, that he wanted he wanted uh, the organization to have an opportunity to be able to bring in players. And, and that's a, in this day and age, uh, that unselfishness is a, is a tough thing uh, to find at times. So my hat goes off to him and, and his maturity in this whole thing. And, and then, you know, Brett mentioned um, Chris Cabot and the, the time that he spent over the last few years here, a couple of years of, visiting our building. He was always here and, and kind of went above and beyond there to make sure that this all worked for, uh, for Pat and his family and, and also the Chiefs. And, and then Lee Steinberg, who's got a tremendous history with quarterbacks in this league. Man, it's, it's awesome. So listen, all in all, I think it's a great thing. Very seldom you come out of a deal and go, you know what, it's a win-win. It's a win for the player. It's also a win for the team, the organization. And, and so I'm I'm, I'm one happy guy. I put on my best Tommy Bahama for all of you today just to celebrate this, man. This is, this is a big day, and it's, it's an awesome thing. And, uh, again, Brett and I just appreciate everything that the Hunts do. We've got a great president and Mark Donovan who, who supports us on everything, too. So it's, you know, it's, a, it's a nice – it's a great, great event here. And I hope everybody has a chance to celebrate it. So with that, enough said. I'm, I'm going to turn it over to, to the man of the day here, and that's – that's bad. Listen, as we get to the questions, let's really focus on directing the questions at uh, for Pat and and uh, not that Brett and I aren't going to be there, but but we want them directed more in the presence of, of this situation and not making this just a all in all press conference here, but a press conference for Pat and and this great day in his life. So, uh, with that, Pat, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, thanks, Coach. Um, obviously, a very exciting time for me and me and my family. I want to give thanks to, to so many people, but always first, I just want to give thanks uh, to, to God for putting me in this situation. I mean, truly an amazing situation where I'm surrounded by a lot of great people, a lot of great players, uh, a, a lot of great just human beings who, who have supported me my entire career so far. And uh, I talked about my family with, with, with Brittany, my mom and dad. Uh, my support team that has kind of been with me the entire way and then that they still have continued to be with me and treated me the exact same. Uh, I just want to thank them. Uh, the Chiefs organization, like I said earlier, I mean, Coach Reed, uh, Brett Veach, Mark Donovan, Clark Hunt, everybody. I mean, it, it's been a team effort the entire way. And I think that's the special thing about this organization is that, uh, like Veach said, there's trust amongst everybody. Uh, as much as I trust in them, they trust in me. And we were able to go out there and get this contract done the right way that not only gives me the, the security that, I, that I've always wanted, but also uh, allows opportunity for the team to be great around me uh, the entire duration of my career. And I, I, I have full trust that things will get handled, handled the right way as we go throughout this career and that we will be in the, a position to win a lot of football games and hopefully uh, win a lot more championships as, as my career goes on. Um, uh, other people, I want to thank the Chiefs Kingdom. Obviously, their support for me has been has been tremendous since the day I, I got drafted. Uh, the fact that they've kind of been been behind me and supported me has been uh, truly special, and it's a one of a kind thing. And I knew the moment I stepped on the 
on Arrowhead Field that that they were gonna that this was the place that I wanted to be for my entire career. And I thought I've reiterated that my entire uh, career that I've been here and, and can't wait. Um, and then my agents and my support team. I mean, for them to go out and do it, do this contract and do it the right way. Uh, I told them what I wanted uh, from the beginning. They brought me, I mean, different options. They worked hand in hand with the the Chiefs the entire time, um, and and Veach and his team and, and Coach Reed and and all the coaches. And they pretty much just put it out there and to the best way that, like I said, that we could be a, a great a great team moving forward. And I obviously have the security that I want. Um, it's it's a exciting time. I'm just glad that I get to continue building this this legacy in Kansas City. Uh, obviously with everything going on in the world with, with, with COVID and, and all this different stuff to have this, this stuff, this, this security to go into the community and be able to give back. I, I can't wait to not only build this legacy on the field, but off of it. And uh, I'm excited for the future ahead for not only me, but the Kansas city chiefs and the, and the communities that have brought me up so far. Well, really, you know, we, and it's kind of been said out there that, Going back to, I think, the first free agency that, that I was a part of back in 18, um, we had the mindset to structure deals uh, to prepare for for an extension um, for Pat. Uh, again, it goes to the, the level of belief uh, and faith we had in Pat. And this is before he was a full-time starter. Uh, now, the one thing in Pat's favor is as the seasons went on, the number kept getting bigger and bigger. So we were planning for the normal quarterback market back in 18 for agency. Well, when Pat gets to this point, you know, we'll be right at here. And then, uh, I mean, it just, it, it took off. So, uh, you know, that certainly was, was a good challenge to have, but you know, there, it goes back to, you know, my initial statement, just um, Brant Tillis and, and Chris Shea, it, you know, I, I remember when the trout deal came out, you know, Brant coming down to my office and said, this is, Pat's going to be a baseball contract. I mean, that's how good this kid's going to be. And, and, you know, we need to start thinking like this. And the cool thing about it is, and coach alluded to this where, you know, the maturity level of Pat uh, in this day and age, it's, um, it's certainly, you know, you're looking around in three-year deals, four-year deals, but, you know, Pat just was so committed to this city and wanted certainly security like every player does, but also wanted to be here and and to win and 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 to you know establish a dynasty and he said shoot let's be creative let's figure out a way to do this and I want to be here for the rest of my career and I want to win and um, so the discussions uh, on this contract have really been years in the making. I think Coach Reed's already kind of touched on it a little bit um, and I, I think I've said it a lot in some press conferences that I've had in the past is I, I, obviously I wanted the security to take care of my family and my and my future generations uh, of family but I also wanted to keep really good football players around me. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and lie and say that having a great football team around me doesn't help help me when I'm on the field. Um, and so I wanted to find the best way that I could do that. And I feel like uh, as we talked and, we, and as, like I said, Chris and, and all these guys, Chris, my agent, and all these guys talked that, that they came to me with this this idea and this concept of, of obviously making me financially secure, but having the ability to go out and sign these Resign all these guys and like we're returning 20 or 21 of 22 starters. Um, I knew that this was the way that was going to be the right way to do it where we can accomplish both of those things that are so important to me. For everyone at Chiefs Wire, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. 
Make sure to follow us on social media at Chiefs Wire for more information. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next time.